welcome back to Archives for Aliens, the podcast recorded for future life on Earth, planet Earth, consciousness, creativity, the nature of reality, cool people making things, and life outside the box. This week's guest, we have Jake Leach, who's an artist, musician, photographer, and the host of multiple podcasts and live stream interviews, including Art Brunch with the Travel Agency, which I've been a guest on. Today, we're going to be talking about all the arts, a conversation about art, astrology, and chaos across a multitude of artistic domains and and what I'll call the canvas of life itself. We're also going to get to listen to two of Jake's songs at the end of the show, so stick around for that. And we have a really, really fun challenge. So as I've been mentioning, please do send feedback on the episode challenges so that I can put that episode out there. And that is all. Enjoy the show. Well, welcome. Hello. Welcome to Archives for Aliens, the podcast recorded for Future Life on Earth. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. And I'm really enjoying your background. And I know this is a podcast for audio, but uh, anyone who knows you, I'm sure knows the background that you have going on with all your wonderful work behind you. So this works out very nicely. Oh, <laughs> I've been encouraged many times to get onto YouTube eventually. Definitely could see that. I mean, with all this beautiful ephemera around you, you absolutely should. <laughs> yeah, if you guys are listening, happen, you're missing guys. out right now. I, I'm getting a, a wonderful show of my own right now. <laughs> You'll have to come visit in person for, sure. for now. Absolutely. All right. So I have pulled um, our random image card for the night. Ooh, okay. And I'm, when I show you the card, just go ahead and start describing it and go on any rants that are related. Okay. So just tell us about what you see, what this reminds you of, what you're thinking, and we'll go from there. Okay. So we have a beautiful image of what looks like a person who sat in shotgun of a car and took a film photo from their view looking out the front window. So on the left side, you see the street. It's got a great rule of thirds going on with this picture. We've got a road straight ahead and we've got some sort of like light industrial areas to the right seeing some orange i'm not sure if that's like orange fencing or like brick material or what there's another car lots of cars it's kind of a dreary day looks like maybe it rained kind of recently another gray day in america that's what (laughs) that's what i would name this piece another gray day in america um okay what would i want to rant about in this um i do think the person in shotgun as a photographer, as I am one, really is is like, if you can get someone to drive you around, really makes a moment. And I, I think what people maybe give the driver all the credit, like the driver's like this person in America, they get to drive around, they get to have these moments. And uh, the person in shotgun, especially with the camera, and it looks like a film camera in this case, the, pho- the, the photo has a very 35 millimeter quality to it, which is really nice. There's a nice little uh, lamppost, like a highway side lamppost. 
Um, this, this picture speaks to me a lot. I have so many memories driving up and down I-55 between St. Louis and Chicago or from St. Louis to Columbia, Missouri a zillion times. So this picture feels very at home. And I think if anyone was to see it, they would also feel very much at home as a, especially as a Midwesterner. So, uh, mm. that's my little rant. That feels good. I, I like that little, little start there for us. Yeah. And how, how do you think something about this relates to what you might be sharing tonight? Ooh. Okay. So I am really, oh, this is so exciting. I love motion as associated with art or especially, and actually probably more importantly, music. Um, like to listen to a song that's like really exciting and really like amped up, especially that's like fast, which is like kind of like a, a duh. Like if you're driving fast, you want fast music. Um, but like, I've always kind of wanted to do like a music performance at some point where like I play something intense and loud and fast and like be on the back of a truck or like have some sort of thing where I am also experiencing speed physically as I am performing music that feels very fast. And I, I think when I'm like making music and I'm really curious about how I would start associating that with uh, art is that like, you know, the, like I feel like there's a lot of motion and music. You can feel like a pace. There's like a, you know, there's a rate and that's a speed, right? Like a BPM beats per minute. But like with art and like static images, it's exactly that. Like it's very static. So I've I've had a hard time translating that want from like a motion, you know, not emotion, but a space motion of what I get from music and adding that to kind of static imagery like photography. So I'm I guess I just have to move into video film hmm. you know <laughs> I have to move into something that moves or maybe I need to move into uh I guess kinetic uh sculpture or something you know but um motion has always been actually some I'll be honest with you this is the first time I've ever really talked about this out loud so a little exclusive here on Archives <laughs> for Aliens so um awesome I uh yeah motion is really important and I think like if I can drive and listen to a song and like put the, you know, put the pedal to the floor and the song feels that it matches the moment. I, I think that that's a successful, successful piece. That's really interesting. That motion is such a big part of your work and yet you got into photography. I know. <laughs> Could not have picked a more static in a way. And I guess like you can, you know, I, I've had like blurry images where you know there's a sense of motion or like a car is driving by or like someone's like kind of driving or in the middle of an action but even that i mean that can have just as much of a of a forward moving feeling or you know just a an intense action you know thing but yeah motion for some reason is something that i've i've really wanted to like harness and have yet to do that so i'm 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 curious where I'm going with that. <laughs> and thank you for letting me ramble about that for sure. That that was your rant, actually, more accurately. There was my rant. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, this space is all about rambling and rants Fantastic. and like uncovering what's beyond. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. So it's perfect. Fantastic. Well, we're we're off to we're off to the races, as they say. So <laughs> I know. And so one of the first questions I like to ask so that 
everyone listening can get to know you mm-hmm. is tell us what you believe about the nature of reality. Okay. So the nature of reality, the first thing that's coming to my mind is I honestly think that there are very few individual things on this planet. And what I mean by that, and I'll start with an easy, uh, an easier example or an example that we can kind of work from is like humans. I've met most of the humans that exist on this planet. I have, I, there are very few people <laughs> really? in this world that I have met that I'm like, mm, I've met you before. And sometimes when I do meet someone, I'm like, I don't know what you're about, but I like you. That makes it all that more exciting. Um, and I, I do kind of low key believe that um, we've run out of human faces. I feel like I've seen every human face that exists. And so when I see one, I'm like, okay, you're in that department. You're in like, this is like a feral person. This is someone who's like very soft. This person looks like a sports car. You know, it's like, it's like, I've, I like I've seen all the faces. <laughs> this is way too funny. <laughs> I've met all the people. But, the, but again, when I meet someone who I'm just like, I don't know what you're about, but I like it. You know, and often well, I, and I, I actually feel like a lot of the people in my life are very individualized. Like I've, my, my collection of friends and cohorts are, are not really like, like other people. And I, I think I don't try to do that on purpose, but I feel like that's the kind of person I'm attracted to is someone who's kind of like, you know, everyone's like, Oh, I only, I like my weird friends. Like, yeah, like weird, but like maybe individual or just like, I don't know. And that's not to say that like, you know, people that I've met that are kind of quote unquote uh, typical people that I've met that I know are are like other folks that I've seen in the world or met. Um, there's immense value in, in, in all of those spaces, especially like culturally, like you know, I, I think that's actually probably what I associate with most with is like, oh, I've seen this person. Like, let me guess, are you into these 10 things? And they're like, I'm into like eight of them. And I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> Which sounds very judgmental. But like, uh-huh. I, I, what I really mean to say is I think what maybe is a more of a symptom of that is like, maybe like cultural, uh, I don't know, like monotype, like we have too much of that. And like, so when you grow up in a space, especially like the United States, like it's really hard to be an individual because, the, you know, this, this country very much wants to conform you into a nice little, you know, I don't know, hostess cake or something. <laughs> it's just like, here you are, your little presentable little candies for the world for. Yeah. You know, now this, you can make more candies. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and uh, to be consumed kind of. So I, I think like, people that I meet that I, I really enjoy that I'm just like, they're, they're, as the kids say, they're built different, you know, or, yeah. or maybe their personality sort of hit different as again, the kids say. So um, I, yeah, my fabric of reality, I think that we're, there's only kind of so many types of people, really. I don't think we have a, an infinity of humans, but I, I think that, um, you know, and that's very much the, the human world. And I, I think we can, maybe expand beyond that, but I'll start there. I'll start with that's, that's the the human reality that I think we, we exist in. That's a really interesting take on this. <laughs> I think. Yeah. It's, 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 it's like always so exciting to hear what people are going to say. 
Mm-hmm. And it, it makes sense that, you know, we're, sur- we're humans, we're surrounded by humans. That's right. basically like the revolving main feature of life. Yeah. Well, and I feel like probably a lot of those reasons why people seem sort of, you know, monoculture is just because it's like survival. That some stuff mm-hmm. is is works out and works for a reason. You know, there's certain like turns of phrase, there's certain like ways of cutting your hair. And I'm not trying to say like I'm a unicorn myself by any means, but I just, you know, I, I feel like if I was to like pride myself on anything, it's like, I don't think people would meet me and think I'm typical. I would hope that's like, if I could have myself be the individual, I, I don't, I don't feel like I know a ton of people that do what I do, but I also, when I meet my, you know, my closest friends, I don't know people that do what they do, you know? And and that's yeah. what's I think so exciting is we can share in these spaces and um, kind of tap in to the the more normalized world when we need to, and kind of live in two different worlds. Like, very ethereal, strange world and a very nor quote unquote normal world. Yeah. No, I, I, I get what you're saying. That makes a lot of sense to me. And I think okay. I, I also feel like I do relate. And like most of my friends are, would be considered the, the one that doesn't fit in the whatever like type you're, you're trying to yeah. type them into. It's just like, Oh, that's an anomaly over there. Yes. There too. Yeah. You've got your collection of strange and, you know, rare stones or something yeah. you've found on the beach of life, I guess. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's a, that's a beautiful concept. Rare <laughs> stones. I like it. Um, I wonder well, too, yeah. do you think that this, the way that you're categorizing people, does that relate to your understanding of astrology? Because I know that you, oh. you, you do a weekly astro well, show. It's, it's, it's interesting. Okay. So the, to catalog this a little bit. So my mom is an astrologer and like through and through, she's been studying it since like early 2000s, like 2002, my mom, Denise Hewlett. Um, and I, you know, it's obviously astrology is like come to this massive cultural moment. I mean, it's been around forever. It's ancient, but like, I feel like, especially in the United States and amongst millennials, uh, it's really, you know, hit, hit the sort of hit the fan culturally in in a, in a big way. And like, I think learning about astrology, it's interesting you bring it up. I think that's really, that's really good because like, I think a lot of people are very uh, suspect of astrology and feeling like astrology is trying to tell me who I am. And it's trying to, you know, point a finger at me and and tell me what I'm about. And I I don't believe that. I believe I'm, you know, a, a star alone in the universe, sort of like, uh, I, I think that I, 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 it's, I don't think you have to like drink the tea. You don't have to like take the Kool-Aid to like see similarities in these energies that astrology is sort of not necessarily randomly assigning, but like interpreting your time and space, you know? So like when I meet friends, like I would say like, you know, Every like four, no, I'm gonna give myself a little bit of credit. I'd say 55% of the time, <laughs> I, I guess at least something about them that is correct. That there's there's something about them that I'm like mm, they have kind of like Virgo tendencies. They this person seems a little more of like an air sign. This person seems more of like a fire sign, whatever. And you know, I I'll, I'll I think what's been really interesting too is kind of through my mom and learning about this. Uh, 
and I will get to plug it. I actually, I just realized you set me up to plug the, our show and I didn't do it. So I'll do it in a second. But um, I, I feel like going back in time and seeing, like thinking about people that I knew in my life or even like fictional television characters. I was recently watching Gilmore Girls with my friends and uh, we went through and read what people assigned like, so there, we don't actually know in, in terms of TV, but like we talked about like, oh, I bet, you know, Lorelai, I bet she's, I bet she's like an Aries or something. And they're like, we're like, you know what? I bet, I bet Rory, she's, she, I bet she's a Libra or something. And we go through and like a lot of people agreed with us. And I think that's like a collective consciousness of like, we really care about these characters. There's a lot of care, I think, in astrology. It's not just this like one and done judging you. We're trying to like, I think a lot of people think astrology means predicting your future. Because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people think that astrology sort of starts and stops um, with horoscopes. And it like, honestly, um, I'll, I'll, I'll throw a little shade here. Uh, from what I understand, uh, that's called cookbook astrology, according to my mom, that it's like, actually horoscopes ain't even it. And the real deal is actually like doing your charts and finding out where your energy lies. Anyway. So I do think that it's interesting to bring it up in the cultural sense of like astrology that I think that's, you're right. That like, that is kind of a way to be like, there are only kind of so many ways to be in the world, but those are skills to learn and to sort of share for sure. Um, and yes, just very quickly. So, uh, on our brunch, I was doing what's known as, uh, which I'm sure we'll get into, uh, uh, Jake's, uh, Astro Corner, where we, uh, talked about, um, uh, rappers who are our guests sign and kind of talk about their energy. Um, but then beyond that, uh, which actually we are folding that segment, that segment will no longer continue because, uh, we have our own show entirely dedicated to astrology. Uh, which is a astrological dance party. It's called Club Stars Align. My mom, Denise Hewlett, again, she is the resident astrologer. Uh, I am her co-host. So it's a mother-son duo show. And uh, I I also DJ that show. We have uh, a bunch of segments um, about the current sign. Um, So actually we have one coming up this week in Taurus um, at at the time of recording right now. And then uh, the second half is uh, DJing. So I do a little set of uh, hip hop, of rappers who are that sign. So I'll do all Taurus rappers this week. And then our friend Marissa, AKA DJ Mixris of her Twitch channel, Software for Girls with her friend, Allie Campbell. Um, they take off into a whole new world with her really incredible and insane DJ sets of SoundCloud remixes, which are unhinged to say the least. So um, that is my interface with astrology uh, quite a bit. So that was a giant brick of information. I apologize. (laughs) No, I think it's so interesting Mm -hmm. how, you know, as I'm getting to know you, like you, you do so many different things in the arts that, you know, expand beyond the arts, like astrology. But I I do Mm. think they're somehow all related Maybe to like how you see the world and yeah, I, I think astrology is really interesting, especially I also mm. am really not, I'm not super into tarot, but I'm into the idea of it in the way that yeah. it categorizes concepts and kind of lays out like, For sure. like you said, the collective scheme of like possibilities or things that you can totally. understand I, like, I think within yourself. Like 
again, like astrology can't like predict the future. It can't tell you who you are forever. Like there's certain, you know, you can get these charts done where it's your chart on top of someone else's chart and you can see what's like compatible, quote unquote, whether it be for romantic spaces or maybe friendship or working relationships, whatever that may be. But, you know, people that should have a, like, have a two charts on top of each other that like make no sense can be the best thing in the world. And then two people who make complete sense absolutely do not get along. So like, it's not law, you know, and, and nor is like anything else, you know, you, you meet people in your life who like, you know, maybe you're like really insular and like, really like, don't go out much, don't do stuff. But like in one aspect of their life, they just, they scream, you know, they're they're They shred on guitar or something. They, they do something that's just so out of the bounds of what you'd expect. So I just, I think this, idea that oh there's only so many ways there's so many things it doesn't account for chaos you know <laughs> just because we think we've got to figure it out doesn't mean mm-hmm. doesn't mean that yeah. chaos doesn't reign uh, prominent or king basically okay yeah i'm a big chaos fan see I, my tendency I like is i want to ask you questions so i i'm curious going forward i don't know if you want me to do this because <laughs> i'm curious what speaks to you about chaos like what are, what do you like about chaos I think for me, it represents opportunity. Um, it kind of like that rush of like the unknown. I like the unknown. Mm. I get bored easily. So if I like learn too much about something, then I'll just get bored and want right. to move to the next thing. So, so when you say that, do you mean like kind of thing? You want something to come along to just like knock your brain around a little bit. Like you, you're you're hoping for chaos. Like you want something to shake up your edge yeah. a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, and I didn't realize that about myself until recently. Like in the last year, I've just been exploring like, mm-hmm. okay, actually like do well in chaos. Like and I think mm-hmm. I like having something to work from, like artistically and also in life, but like too many opportunities or too much predictability, like if I know exactly what it is that I want to make, I won't make it because I'll just be like, well, it's in my head yeah. perfectly, so there it yeah. is. Totally. doesn't need to be produced. Well, it's, it's interesting to me, the idea of like, you know, I guess in, in this state of this conversation, like we're, we're going to talk about art and artists and stuff. And I think like, yeah, like chaos, like what is like, why is chaos feel good? Because it's like, it's all fair because it's not fair at all. You know what I mean? Like everyone is subject to chaos. There is no one who is outside the bounds of chaos. And if, if they are, you know, like, they might not really be out in the world like you want, like they should be, or like they could be, you know, I should is a bad word, but could, I mm-hmm. think is, is a positive term. Um, because like, I, I've, I've personally been thinking a lot about power and power exchange and like, like control. And I think that like, you know, like people, like what mm-hmm. is the point of power? The point of power is to feel in control. The point of control is to feel safe. You know, it's like the, to, be, to feel safe yeah. is to feel invincible. And it's like, well, you can't be because of chaos. chaos. You know, it's like this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's mm-hmm. like, if you can be comfortable in the chaos, yes. then you can yes. be the clo- I think the absolute like, closest you can be to being completely safe is being comfortable in change, being comfortable in chaos. Absolutely. Completely agree. <laughs> we're we're yeah, off the races. Deep. Let's I do like it. That. Well, and I think too, like when you are comfortable with that, you, it like actually makes it 
I think you're actually more understanding. Okay, here's a strange example. I was just watching RuPaul's Drag Race, uh, the UK edition. And one of the performers, one of the queens got the, like won this like little mini challenge. And the next big challenge was they're all going to do comedy sets. They, everyone had to do a, like a five minute comedy set. And there's like five of them left. So like two or three of them had like never done it before. were like really anxious, really scared. And then there's one who's just like, I've never done it, but I'll try it. You know, like they're accepting of like, let's see, I'll try my darndest. And the other one has been clearly killing it for the last, like, however long. And it was just like, okay, let's go. But had like no, like had no hubris, had no reason to like get in anyone's face. But the ones who were not okay with chaos, the ones that were not okay with control, they were freaking out. Mm. So the, the one of the queens got to decide the lineup, like who got to go in order. And she made a lineup and was just like, this is it. And what was strange to me is she goes, is that all right with you all? Which is like, okay, first of all, you won. You won the challenge. You get to do whatever you want. Like, this is your list. Why did you ask? But okay, fine. You asked. That's very sweet. Two of them went off on her. They're like, I've never done this. And you're going to put me in front of this person. And I'm going to fail because this person's so good. And of course, it's the person who's just like, let's go. You know, and like, and everyone's watching these two queens like freak out and get so mad and just get crazy about it because they're not okay with chaos. And, and, and if, and, and I'm not giving them any shade and I understand it's a very stressful environment. And I, I mean, believe me, there's certain things I'd be like, yeah, I'm not <laughs> like Jake, we need you to like, what am I not good at? Um, no, this seems like such a back as for a compliment to myself that I can't think of something I'm not good at. There's plenty of things I'm not good at. Okay. If someone gave me a guitar and said, go out in front of a music festival and do like a shredding guitar solo, I can't do that. I will fail. <laughs> I'll get mad and be like, no, you do it. Um, but anyway, what I just thought was so interesting of that is like, it's either the person who's actually like a master in chaos because they're in control and they know that they've like practiced and they're ready they're skilled for chaos. They're fine. Or the person that is just okay with chaos in general. It's like, I'm not skilled for this moment, but I'm going to try my darndest. You know, both of those people being kind of on the spectrum of like master or novice are still ready because they've accepted chaos, mm -hmm. you know, and there can still be that space where like you're a master, but you're not okay with chaos that so you like, you know, I know what I do well and I just need to do what I do well. Um, I just, I think we're totally right. Just accepting chaos and encouraging it is, is what's going to make you stronger. And, um, and I think just enjoy life <laughs> more. Yeah. I mean, I think especially for art, yes. I think it's probably important for art, all art. Yeah. Don't want to absolutely. speak for all artists, but yeah, you don't, you don't have to be an artist in life, but I think if you are, I can't imagine how you would yeah. not be and I, I think that's kind chaos. of the fun too of it, right? Because you... <laughs> you can stay in your hive mind and make something of a reality for yourself. And then you put it out in the world and you're like, doesn't everyone get exactly what I'm doing? And it's like, probably most people don't. And that's a good thing. And they're going to be like, Oh, I thought this with that. And hmm. you're going to be like, you know, just head explode being like, I never thought about that. And that's yeah. incredible. And that's okay. You know? No, oh, I love that. So. And so, yeah. How do you, Let's go. So going back to your whole artistic creative 
journey, like how do you think, it sounds like you're pretty, from what I know about you, you're a pretty open person, open to trying new things. How has all of that come together to bring you to where you are now? Could you just do the, like do a little summary of- Of of me? Of me? Okay. Okay. The creator. (laughs) So my my origin story. Um, Yes. Shake the creator. Watch out, Tyler. Yeah. Um, I, okay. So I would say like, I know like it's always funny when people talk about like their families and their past. They're like I came from this ramshackle group of artists, you know, and every mom was singing and playing the piano and dad, he was a cool cat. You know, it's like my life was not like a, you know, a, <laughs> uh, I don't know, Bruce Springsteen song or something. But I think that, my parents were, or are, they're still with us, uh, are just like creative in very different ways. Uh, my mom is very much like someone who like, she's done um, painting. She's done like raw food diet. She's done like, uh, like I don't know, just like you name it, spin it. You know, she's tried it kind of. And she's typically been doing it for a long time. So I just think she's very open to learning about a lot of stuff. And my dad, I think has actually like added to me like a sort of uh, curatorial aspect to my life, like kind of being into cool things and like cool things and cool, like frankly brands and like certain artists and sounds that like, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, growing up, like we were a a Honda family, a Sony family. Uh, We, we listened to like certain music, like I very much listening to like U2 and like Bjork and like these artists that are kind of like out in the world. But, you know, I wouldn't like call my dad necessarily like a, a crate digger. He's not like at the you know record store every weekend, like finding all these things. Like he's not an audiophile, but um, I just like, uh, he, he used to work in uh, architecture and I feel like just uh, very uh, osmosisly, like being in those spaces. Uh, he worked at this one firm actually in the central West end in St. Louis um, and just being in that space, I'm like, I know this is cool. I don't know why, but it is. So it's kind of this like taste making sort of like having certain rules to your life and being like, this is cool. And this is not, or, and then, but being open to being like, remember that thing you thought was uncool. It's actually kind of cool now. And so I feel like this space of like, try anything, but like, let's have some like hard and fast limits that can change. Do you know what I mean? And I think both of my parents, if I said, if they listen to this it's show, I interesting. Like, Your parents cool. are like pretty cool. I think that's what I'm getting this, from I'm this. Like, You've never said any of that to me. What is that about? So <laughs> they get to hear this uh, with everyone else. So shout out to mom and dad. There you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I think that's kind of where that started. And um, my grandpa um, was a bass player, like, you know, guitarist in a famous rock band. And that's a whole story. And uh, he he was an, a visual artist and photographer. And, um, I you know, he actually uh, unfortunately passed away just about two months ago or so. And um, kind of, you know, we, we went through and, and um, went through his things and kind of got things settled. And uh, what was the beauty of it was to, you know, of course we would take him over his things any day uh, at, a, at a moment's notice, but um, he, he had these things, he's this like, um, he had like a medium format camera. He had all these art uh, supplies. He had like really nice, like cooking wear. Like he just lived very intentionally, you know? And, and um, my grandma, um, his, his ex-wife uh, has run a radio show 
for since the early 90s called A Chautauqua, which is um, a talk show on KOPN, which is like local talk radio in Columbia, Missouri. Um, so she's had on guests, you know, spin the wheel of, of like kind of alternative or like liberal or, or kind of progressive folks uh, across the spectrum of like any subject, you know, like I like to think my grandma is kind of like the, the Terry Gross of Columbia, Missouri. She's just been talking to cool people forever, um, oh, wow. which is really fun now. Like, you know, like when I was a kid, I really wasn't that into photography, but like now they super am like getting to see my, my, you know, talk with my grandpa about this just before he passed. And, um, I've, I've been very thankful. I've, I've since inherited his, his stuff and just taking great care and, and great intention with what I've been left with his, his, uh, his equipment and kind of like live in that way. And then now that like, I'm in this sort of podcast performative sort of talking world, it's been really fun to connect with my grandma on that. Cause you know, like as a kid, you know, I'm sure we all like knew people who were doing cool stuff, but you're a kid and you're like, I don't, I care about Power Rangers or Courage the Cowardly Dog or skateboarding or whatever. And then when you come back later, when you're like in your mid twenties, you're like, wait, you've been doing this the whole time. Like, that's really cool. <laughs> you know? Um, so I would say my, my artistry, if that's like the beginnings, my, my current moment is like realizing what I had the whole time sort of and realizing who who's been around me yeah. and just sort of now being like I feel like a kid in a in a candy store you know and I'm almost 30 years old and like I feel so fortunate to like have that like excited puppy dog energy in a in a creative space it feels it feels really really good yeah and I think what's interesting about that is like those people I think can probably support you on a, like mm -hmm. such a deeper level because already they care about you and they want the best for you. But when they also have their own, um, you know, yes. toes in the sand yeah. or whatever, like they care about it. They know how important it is. That's absolutely. And that's I, you awesome. know, I want to say I've been very blessed to be in a, a family that like never pushed me necessarily to be creative, but also never got mad at me for being creative. It was very much just like, here's what we do, but also like figure your own stuff out. You know, I was never like forced to be a, you know, a fan of something I didn't care about, but I, I also, I also wasn't ever, you know, told being creative wasn't a, a righteous path or something. You know, I just, I was very much just like, here you are. We'll make sure you don't run out into the street. <laughs> and other than that, go do your thing, you know? So I, I feel very fortunate to have, I'm also just happy that I took those, 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 that space and, and have made something of it, uh, in my creative world. So, um, thanks to me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> thanks me for doing it, but thank you family for making that space. So I think that's important. So did you mainly start out in music? Yeah, for, for sure. Getting really into it. This was like uh, in high yeah, school. Like mid to late middle school was like really when playing music or taking like my first guitar lessons or, you know, I've always liked music, but I never like thought about playing it really. I've, everyone always has the story of like, I was given piano lessons multiple times and I hated it every time that I am no different. <laughs> I really wish I had stuck with them because I, I think the piano is probably the most beautiful instrument there is besides a cello, but that's another story. But um, I think that, uh, yeah, that was, that was the beginnings really with music was mid, like mid middle school. And you made a couple albums. Yes. Yes and no. It's funny because a lot of people, I feel like have a lot more to show for it from like their high school days. Like I feel like a lot of friends that I know were like, yeah, I was in a band and we were called this and we put out an album 
and we played shows and we toured and you know, it was just a little something we did. That's so much effort. That's so much time. Like I, I, I was in a band with my two friends, Connor Waldman, and Sean Brown. And then we kind of had this extended cast of friends that would kind of ebb and flow, but those were like the core, the core people. And uh, we were called zebras in the backyard. And, uh, and actually you may know those names. We went to the same high school. I guess we should, <laughs> we should honor that. We'll, we'll talk about that. I'm sure. Uh, but you know, I I've been in those jam sessions, you know, and I'm thinking about like the recordings we have. I've like 22 recordings or something on my iPod of my old iPod of all those old songs. All of them are bad and not like, haha, it's emo. It's bad. It's like, no, like they're actually very poorly recorded and we never really finished a song. Like it was never like, oh. here's the thing. We really worked on it. We made sections and then that was it. It's like, no, we like, here's this one riff. Let's do it for like three to five minutes and like maybe switch to this other thing. And that's, it, <laughs> it was very free form and, and very, uh, very much about the energy, which I appreciated. And I felt very expressed, but you know, these, again, friends that like in high school have like something really like polished to show from it. I like even talking about it now. I'm like, I, I can't say like, yeah, go find the zebras in the backyard band camp or MySpace. It does not exist. Uh, and nor should you find it because it's, it's just gone and that's okay. <laughs> um, but I feel like that ethos has followed me my whole life. Um, I've, it's really difficult for me to want to put out something very polished and very uh, intended. So like, you know, musicians, they'll get interviewed and they're like, oh, yes, you know, in quarantine, I made two whole albums and we have another album ready to go at the moment's note. It's like, and I guess it's a British musician. Um, I just like, I don't, I don't know how that works. Like, how do you, how do you have like 70 songs in your head? What are you talking about? And I imagine too, like that you, well, actually I'm talking to the wrong person because you're an extremely prolific artist. <laughs> so actually we'll, we'll have to discuss that. But I, I, my music, you know, you're saying I have albums. I have one album that came out in 2013 because I thought half of it, I thought it was a, it was half of an album. I thought like this, these seven songs, this is half of the album. Now I have to make the other half. And my friend at the time, Eric Williger, he said, no, this is the album, put it out. And I said, okay. So he, so my hand was forced. I you know, someone moved my hand on the mouse and clicked send for me, you know? And then um, in 2016, I made a soundtrack to a film called Dog Days in the Heartland that was directed by a good friend of mine, Chad Carpenter. And a lot of people I know were part of that. And it was this really big, beautiful communal thing. Um, but after working on it for like a year or two, we ended up with like a 22 track album and working on music for a film was really exciting. We can jump into that if you like, but um, it just, that yeah. was like this. I did oh, listen okay, to it too. Thank you for listening. Yeah, I went to go find all your music <laughs> okay, that cool. I could find. And like, ironically, like, so I put that out, but that's like a, an OST, as they say, an original soundtrack. That's like, it's I, it's an album. It for sure is an album, but uh, all of the songs kind of have like a, a very similar kind of motif or sort of like uh, sonic palette um, because it's it's playing to a film, you know? So like both of these albums that I have out that are like my albums uh, are are not really like the product that people expect, I think that is the, you go into the cave and you hive mind and you turn off all your phones and then you come out and you have this like spectacle, this like novel of an album. Like there's chapters, each song is like a thing. Um, I will say, however, that is something I've really been thinking about a lot recently 
And it's something I've been putting off for a long time. And I think it's time. I think it's time. All right, I said it, said it, said it on the podcast. <laughs> I'm manifesting it. I'm saying it to you. I'm saying it to the world. It's recorded forever. Uh, it's time. I think it's really time for me to put out a very intentional work. And I think it's time to uh, just, just it's, it's been sitting in here for some, for a long time, honestly, some of the songs I would want to put out on it. I've had since, since those high school days, honestly. Um, so I, it's, it's something I, as if nothing else, just as like a, a practice an artist practice, it's, it's time. So that's where I'm at album three, quote unquote, it's, it's coming and I don't know what it is, but it's coming. <laughs> Let's say that. <laughs> oh, very cool. And so this is something as a, like a non-musician, it's hard for me to understand, but do you like literally make your music by yourself? Like where do these sounds mm, come from? Okay. Well, so I have played music with friends since that time. So post high school, let's say, where I was quote unquote taking music seriously and was playing shows around St. Louis a lot and trying to get gigs and was playing at venues. I was like really excited to play. And um, there was a time I was kind of doing like more of like an indie rock sort of sound. All of this was just performed under my name, Jake Leach. And and it was just um, you? Most of the time there was some, a good chunk where like I had like band material where there's, you know, um, multiple instrumentalists and that, you know, was never more than like a four piece group or something. Um, but then that's kind of like 2008 to 12 and then 2013 to now has been solo performances of more experimental or ambient music. And, um, for that work, which I would say is more the contemporary of what I'm doing. Um, those are like made sounds like built sounds in things like Ableton or, you know, just, just any uh, DAW, you know, digital audio workstations with that stands for, um, just any, you know, just sitting around, hmm. frankly, fiddling around <laughs> with my toys. Um, uh, and more recently I've been using uh, an iPad. Um, there's this app, uh, called borderlands that, um, does this thing called granular synthesis that basically, uh, takes music samples and you, you take the sample, whatever it may be like, hello, my name is Jake. Uh, and you throw that onto like the plate sort of, of like what's on the screen. And then you tap somewhere in the sample and it'll play just like, there's like these little like spidery dots that come out and like play the, play the sample only in those places. So, you know, like you typically think about like a piece of music, it, you know, there's like a bar and you start on the left and you work your way right. And it's like A, B, C, D, you know, whatever. This is like, what if it just played the D in the middle? And it's just playing that one little sample, that one little part. So that it's like granular, huh. granularly playing that sample in that space. Probably hard to explain uh, in, in listening to it. Everyone go look up Borderlands. It'll make a lot more sense. Anyway, so in that case, I am using samples, not all the time that I've made. I've foraged into YouTube or uh, sampleswap.org. Uh, a, a website I would highly advise to people. Um, honestly, if you use that website, you will find samples of songs of mine because they only have like so many samples. <laughs> so don't judge me. I just gave away the recipe. Okay. So you, so, you know, I know we all know, um, but there's, I, I try to like alter them. So it's like unique to me, but I don't just drop them in raw, but um uh, it, that is like definitely more recently I've been working with like sampled music. Huh. So it's, it's, it's a lot. Okay. More. 
uh, interpretation or curating versus pure creation. That's really interesting. I know. I mean, I've just even in trying to find something I could use for the intro to the podcast, like I was Googling for hours trying to find free music mm. that won't get taken down by Mr. iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. John iTunes will come after you and take it down. Uh, yeah, I mean, Sample Swap doesn't really have songs per se. I wouldn't go there. Uh, it's it's very it's a weird space. I do not know who takes care of it. Okay. It's, it's a weird website. Honestly, I honestly wouldn't tell you to use it. We'll check but, it out. But yeah, no. But there's royalty free music out there to to find, and uh, people are usually pretty open to you know if you ask them nicely, <laughs> they'll, they'll let you use your stuff. But you know, it's, it's hard to find royalty stuff like that, royalty free stuff like that. Well, we're going to add some of your music here in Ooh, the end. Okay. I, the, the song sure. you told me in the email uh, that you're going to use is a little scary. I'm going to go ahead and, uh, oh, I love it. It's my favorite one that I found. So <laughs> I, it'll be at the end. So everyone can now know. Yes. Perfect. Yes. I, this is a requested Jasmine song and then you can put in one that yes, you want. Yes, there we go. Okay, good. So just everyone uh, just know I was feeling a little angsty. I was feeling a little dark, a little spooky and uh, this song that you'll hear later um, really doesn't match my personality, I don't think, but I, I was feeling it and I like it. I'm, I'm kind of proud of it. So I'm, I'm glad you, <laughs> I'm glad you liked it too. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was weird, weird in a very intriguing way and it felt like it was bringing me into other times and other dimension. You know, I might say even. it's a chaotic, you know. <laughs> and we we like chaos here on this show, it seems like, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, cool. So that's a little bit about your music. Mm -hmm. And then at what point did you start getting into photography and visual arts? Um, so I moved to Chicago. The like early summer of 2018, so like May time. Um, my very good friend, Justin Enoch, uh, had a room available in uh, their apartment. Um, and was just like, hey, one of our friends are leaving. Do you want to move up here? And I was like, I've been in St. Louis my whole life. I've really always wanted to move out. But like, honestly, it wasn't like the best time. I like had, you know, a whole life set up in St. Louis. But, um, and I, but at the same time, I needed, you know, I needed a push. I needed something to be like, let's do this. And it was an easy push too. Cause like my friend Justin is wonderful. And I'm like, Oh, I get to live with Justin. How great will that be? And, um, the roommates that they had up there have like very easily become some of my closest friends, um, which I don't know how many people get to say that, but like, we still have a group chat from that one apartment from, I guess now almost three years ago, which is four years. Three, yeah. Four. Yeah. I'm not doing math well, but, um, so I, I, I think I, I liked like photography, I, I think I've always tried to think that like I, I knew how to look for angles. I like to think I had somewhat, as they say, an eye, but um, I wasn't trying to be like, I am taking intentional photos and here is Jake, you know, a photographer with a lowercase p at least, you know, um, and I started with like my iPhone, <laughs> I had, uh, iPhone 6S plus. That was my, my, my steed, my camera for a while. Um, and so living in Chicago and exploring, you know, all around the city and, and Chicago just really is just such an amazing, incredible place to like figure it out sort of and find yourself. 
Um, I just like everywhere I went, I wanted to try to like take very intentional photos. And um, I then of course was throwing it in Visco as people often do. And, you know, wanted to keep up with the cool kids on Instagram. And uh, yeah, I just like, I just kind of was like, okay, I'm doing this now. You know, this is what I do. Um, and then at the end of that summer, uh, my friends, Sam and Courtney, uh, who are photographers and creators, they are, they, they, they like truly, like I say this to the, till the end, they got me possibly what is like the most amazing gift I've ever got in my life. And like for them to do this too, was really important because, uh, they're just incredible photographers and have like really have a knack for it. And it's their careers actually. Um, they bought me a 35 millimeter camera, a film camera and, um, the Pentax K1000 specifically. Uh, and I mentioned that just because, um, it's like a very mechanical, like the brand and the name specifically, because they felt it was really important for me to learn like the ropes and like, be like, this is the camera that like people learn on in like photo class 101 type places. So you should do that too. And like, I very much felt divorced from the camera as like a concept, like a, a physical held camera. Like, you know, like when you put the camera on for the first time, like you're having it around your neck, you know, that feels like powerful, but you also feel like a, a cheese ball. You're like, look at me, you know, I'm like the guy in the corner with the acoustic guitar at the party, you know, a little bit. <laughs> um but like, I just, you know, to have some friends kind of believe in you and see that and like that camera isn't expensive, but it's not cheap either. You know, it's, it's like around a hundred dollars or something. And they're just like, we're just so excited for you. And we want you to have this. And I'm like, okay. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's it. Since that time, I, I basically took that camera. Um, I, the, my lease ended in Chicago. I brought all my junk back to St. Louis I went and visited my mom who was living in California at the time for three weeks. I didn't have a job. It was a very transient moment in my life. And I just took a zillion photos. We went all around um, kind of the the Bay area. We went to, um, uh, oh my God, I, oh, Yosemite. There it is. Yosemite Park. And then we went down to LA and came back up. And then this was kind of a wacky time. I flew back to St. Louis, hung out for like three to five days then drove up to Chicago and then flew out to Italy, <laughs> which was, you know, I've, I've never ever had a travel schedule like that. So please anyone listening be like, Oh, look at this lifestyle. Like this is extremely random um, because actually the, the people I mentioned, Sam and Courtney were getting married. Um, so they got married their wedding was in Italy. Um, and so then like, not only was I like, I'm in camera mode, like with my, even my janky iPhone. And then now I've got this like film camera and this is like, you need to like get the settings right. Cause it's going to look bad if you don't do it right. And so it was really incredible to travel throughout Italy and Sicily and really like think very intentionally and, and try to be in the moment with something as, you know, still as a camera and like want to sit and look, but then also know when to like really put the camera away and be like, you know, either the role ended or it's like someone's being like, Jake, can we please go? <laughs> we need to go. We're going to miss a train or something. Um, so that was like kind of perfect timing too. Cause I mean, if you're not excited about photography, you know, using a 35 millimeter camera, walking and traveling through Italy, then I don't know what will get you excited <laughs> for, for photography. So it was just like this incredible time of like 
transience of like leaving my hometown and like actually living in another city and then finally leaving the country for the first time and like really being intentional in a, uh, a visual art world, which I had spent very like little to little to zero time in before. It's really just always been music. So um, just been riding that wave since. So <laughs> that's the genesis of the photography thing for me. That's a really cool story. It's it's something. Well, and very quickly, I'm sure, you know, I think Rick mentioned this, but uh, Rick was also in Italy, uh, uh, my co-host on Art Brunch and our travel agency friend, which again, I'm sure we'll get to. Uh, he was at that wedding too. I, I, I yelled at him or yelled to him from a window at uh, the hotel where the uh, uh, wedding was, but we spoke zero words after that and didn't see each other again until uh, basic, well, it was about a few months later, we finally kind of like reconnected and started talking, but we went all the way to Italy and came back and didn't really speak anything to us, to each other. So, <laughs> uh, it's something, it was something for sure. Yeah. We need, I think so we need to talk about the travel agency. Sure. Let's do it. Next little recap here. So Rick was on, has been on archives for aliens episode number. I'm not sure what, but I'll put a link <laughs> in the show notes for sure. Um, and yeah, he invited me onto Art Brunch, and mm-hmm. then I saw that you were also the host of Art Brunch, and I was like, "That's yes. so cool!" <laughs> so we never even talked about this. So how how do you know Rick? So Rick Bowling, our dear sweet friend, um, you know, St. Louis is small. It's really like honestly, it's that it's St. Louis oh. is small, but. That's because, that, you know, we were all in very similar circles and his wonderful partner, Tiffany, uh, is someone who I honestly feel like I knew better um, than him for uh, for quite some time because uh, she was working in various coffee shops or restaurants that we really like to go to. So there was just like more public interfacing, you know, but but Tiffany would be like, you need to talk to Rick, like Rick's, you know, you guys will get along so well kind of thing. And um, Rick and I just very slowly and very organically sort of developed a relationship just, you know, through osmosis with the scene. But then uh, the story he tells, I guess, from some of the photography I was putting out at that time, that was kind of like natural landscapes and very like, uh, like like stones and dirt and kind of like construction sites and stuff. Uh, he took a picture of a space that I think he thought that I would really like, which meant so much to me. He's just like, hey, man, I think you'd like this. And I was like, I do really like this. Like, you get it. Like, we get this. Like, let's talk. Let's hang. And uh, so we ended up doing multiple hangouts um, when I was still living in St. Louis. This is probably spring or summer 2019. And uh, he was attending Webster, uh, Webster's Art School in St. Louis at that time. And so uh, he invited me to do a quote unquote studio visit, which Jasmine, let me tell you, <laughs> was very exciting for me to be like, oh, I'm doing a studio visit. Look at me. I'm friends with an artist. And like, I, I get to go like see Rick's world and he gets to show me around and I'm going to bring my camera and we're going to like, take pictures of his work and it's going to be this moment. Um, and it was beautiful. It was exactly what I thought it was going to be. And I, I actually, you know what, since that time, and, and we'll get to the, the travel agency, but like we really haven't had much time to do that huh. in a really long time. I can think of like literally two times we've done a studio visit despite all this time we've spent together. And, um, but it's something I think about all the time. Like I'm never not thinking about like Rick's practice sort of and his work. Yeah. And there's a zillion reasons why that is. 
Um, and I'm, and I'm very, I really try to implement and Rick cause he's an extremely busy guy and he's someone who's like putting his whole heart and soul into this thing, the travel agency. Uh, then I'm just like, I'm always like wary. I'm like, okay, but like, have you gotten Rick time? <laughs> have you gotten time to do your beautiful work? Because I would, I, I want to live in your workspace and live in your creative brain. Yeah. Uh, or I, I want you to be my creative. I want you to be the house next door. Cause I love my brain too. I love what I do, but I want to like go visit your, your creative brain house and, <laughs> and let's have dinner up there. So um, Rick and I just kind of started talking from there and always were just kind of in communication. And um, he started this Twitch channel called uh, the travel agency. And, uh, you know, he, he kind of was just, just doing these, you know, like I say this with, with kindness, like these meandering sort of streams were like, for one thing, like he literally counted just rice. Like he literally was just like counting rice, like as a performance. And then like, Ooh, I miss this uh, phase of the travel agency. Oh yeah. It's, it's a, it was like the wild West. It was very, uh, very wild. Like, I mean, it was wild. Um, and then he would do just like painting. He would just do his painting and just like have the camera on his work and be doing stuff and be able to see the chat and just talk to people. And I thought it was really intriguing. I was like, oh, this is kind of fun, but I don't know anything about Twitch. I don't know anything about painting, but like, this is cool. Like, great, Rick, I love this for you. Your work's great. This is fun. Um, but then I guess he started Art Brunch. He started this show that I am now a part of where he was interviewing people and this is now, let's say, to contextualize this, this is like, I guess I always get times wrong, but like midsummer 2020, actually, at this point, which is seems crazy. That was only that short ago. Um, he was interviewing people on a show that he called Art Brunch, where he had someone on between 10 and 1, 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. on Sundays. Uh, they come on and he interviews them and like the first hour is kind of like low key. The second hour is like more intentional, uh, with their art practice. And then the third is kind of like wrapping it up. And honestly, I don't even know if he was doing it like that, like that segmented at that time necessarily. Um, and then I was a guest, I was a guest on the show. So Rick, uh, interviewed me for that show, which was my first show ever, my first interview a, in general, in a long time, like for any of my practices, regardless of medium, and was certainly the first time I've ever been talked to as like a photographer, you know, which is maybe the first time I'm a capital P. That's where the, the P got capitalized that day for sure. So thank you, Rick, for that. Um, and what's really funny is there is no recorded evidence that that episode happened because somehow he says, and I believe him, somehow, <laughs> I don't think he got rid of it, uh, the file got corrupted. The video file with all the audio, everything, everything that happened with that is just gone. It doesn't exist. And I have to be honest, I'm a little bummed. Yeah. <laughs> it does make me very sad. Not just because I am I kind of forget what I was talking about, but also just like, I would love to be able to go back and see what like, you know, what's so funny to think like, oh, little baby Rick and baby Jake talking about this. And I'm talking about something that wasn't even a year ago, you know, but um, after, I guess he did uh, three or four shows. Well, no, no, he did like, eight between four and eight shows of art brunch he called me and was just like hey uh i have a question for you and i'm like okay I'm like walking down the street i'm going to the park it was like perfect timing I'm like great let's talk to rick and uh he's like i want you to join the show and i'm like uh okay tell me more and he's like i want you to be the co-host i want me and you to be the people to interview artists 
you know, not just in St. Louis art scene, but, you know, in the Midwest in general, but also let's go national, eventually let's go international. Like I want this to be a thing. And I really want an additional person on the show to like add to the energy. Yeah. And I, you know, <laughs> and he's like, I loved your energy. And like, I was like, I liked your energy. So it was very much, you know, a love fest, but I was just like, he's like, just so you know, it would be weekly. And the show is three hours. So I'm going to need at least three hours from you every week on Sundays. And I have to be honest with you. That was a lot. That is at a first, lot. I was like, <laughs> well, I mean, how many do you do a week with the show? Oh, I mean, I've been doing one a week. For we're now on to twenty three came out today, and it's been consecutive. Yeah, have you taken any weeks off? No, but I'm rec- we're rec- I record about a month in advance. Oh, okay, wow, wow. So some weeks I have so two, like, some weeks I have a week off. Okay, but the editing. Gotcha. Oh, okay. <laughs> is that is that your least favorite part? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm. It'll get easier. It's not like I don't edit that much out. Like this will probably yeah. stay in. But it's just like getting the volume okay, levels right, figuring out how to match that with the intro and basic mm, okay, stuff so just that like occurs. The assembling, sort of. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, lucky for for us on on Twitch. Uh, yeah. Spoiler alert. I said yes. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I just spoiled that. Um, it's, you know, it's all done live. So whatever it was will be, and there's not really any way to edit it. So um, just to finish up the story very quickly is like, basically I, I sat and thought about it for like maybe a day or two. I didn't want to keep him hanging, you know, not that kind of guy. Uh, but like, I just, you know, I, I came to this realization of like, I hope, I hope I'm talking about art for three hours every week. Yeah. At least, at least I hope I'm talking about art for three hours a week. Are you kidding me? And if I'm doing that, I might as well do it in a space where I can share it with people with a, you know, here's a link to our Twitch. Here's a link to this interview we did with Jasmine, you know, like here's this link we did with whoever. So it's, it's being in a like public facing space like that, I think is, is where it makes even more sense and makes it even more exciting to be part of it. So um, my life looks very different from a year ago. I mean, everyone's does in terms of COVID clearly, but like, I didn't know what Twitch was. I don't know what streaming is about. And now I'm technically a professional streamer, actually. <laughs> we money has recently I entered was about to say, uh, the equation. Congratulations. Yes, we can talk about that. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, to explain that very quickly, uh, Rick uh, applied for uh, the Futures Fund, uh, which is a grant uh, that was brought on by the Luminary uh, in, in St. Louis. And uh, the funding was basically kind of sent to them to then be divvied out by the Andy Warhol Foundation. Um, and so today, actually this very day, just, just before the show, uh, we had our first sort of like comeback episode where we like thank everyone um, and had people on to kind of like re-prime everyone. Be like, this is what we do and we're back now. So, so money has entered the chat, if you will, as the kids say, and uh, uh, it is, it is now uh, a quote unquote professional space for, for, for us and for me and for uh, a a number of friends that were really excited um, to be part of this and have on the show. So anyway, (laughs) thank you. That's really kind of you. I appreciate it. Congratulations again. Seriously. I think I think it's, a, and I know like part of the goal is to help teach mm-hmm. artists about this space and how to connect it with their art. And I, I think that's so important. And it definitely, like with the internet, sure, um, you know, we need that. 
art, all artists need that. And it, I, I've never encountered any other organization or group that that does that. So I, well, thank I can you. Well, see and it I, really I mean, and that's off. why, you know, jumping forward, we had you on our show and it was so wonderful because I feel like our show was like really like you go there, Jasmine, you have fun. Like, I feel like you, you, you live in the like ethereal space of conversation of an artist. And like, some people just don't do that. Who are artists? Like some people are like very, you know, right. That's it, fascinating also, like, to me. I know you're like deeply based in, in scientific thought too. So it's, it, I'm not trying to say it's only like your head's in the clouds. Like your hand, your feet are very much on the ground, but I think you're also very much in space too, which is so wonderful. So I feel like, Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's pulling me apart. You're getting stretched in every direction. Um, but yeah, I, I just, having you on was so much fun. And I think what's been so particularly fun for me and Rick is to be able to have such a wide range of, of artists. So, you know, there are some artists that we can, t- like me and Rick love to go out into the universe with, with anyone, but it specifically it was really fun to go with you. Um, yeah. But those who like to get really technical and talk very like, this is what I do. This is how I do it. And here's why and it's like, okay, let's, let's get in it. Let's go. You know? So it's, it's been a really good test of, um, I think our creative limits, but our creative, um, discussions, frankly, of like, who are we going to have in front of us and what are they going to say? And can we bounce with it? You know, can we, can we make a conversation out of it? What can we learn from this person? You know, really, yeah, I bet you've learned <laughs> so really much have on like so many levels getting to talk with all these people and i know you i mean i've noticed you have even guests beyond let's just Mm -hmm. say like studio artists or working artists yeah people that Um, work in the arts oh sorry good two okay gotcha oh yeah that's a you have that they come along to um, our brunch also uh my friend liz on uh, Liz Dykeman, she is like runs a uh, arts nonprofit called MAPS, Middle West or Midwest Artist Program Services, and part of which is like helping artists like learn how to write grant write for grants, you know, how to like do grant writing, but then also like have just anything we can do for artists to make sure that they are getting some some money for to get some some support. Um, and she's someone who's worked in the music field and like used to book a lot of shows, uh, which is kind of how I knew her. Um, she had she had this group called the St. Louis Secret Sound Society a long time ago, and uh, like watching her kind of go into these spaces and and now uh, I believe is getting her master, definitely getting her master's, if not also her PhD um, in uh, like kind of arts administration. Um, that's a very broad statement. I, that could be kind of wrong but anyway it's kind of like looking at like you know where arts funding has broken down over time and especially like coming from the national space or Mm -hmm. from even the local kind of state areas um but then also like what how do we get funding and like what does get funding and why and how can we change it where we need to so you know that was that was an episode i'm glad you brought that up because that's that's an episode that was definitely a little different it was definitely not like here's another studio artist that does something wacky. It's like, no, here's someone who like does the business, does the like arts admin space that is, um, I mean, Liz is incredible and everyone should follow her work as much as they can. Cause um, my favorite quote from her was um, the work that I want to do is for the community, not for the Academy. 
And I think that a lot of people that struggle with like art school, especially, um, I'm not one of those people. I never went to art school. Um, I have a communications degree, um, for what it's worth. Um, like I think really struggle with like who they are as an artist and having to have dealt with the art school world. And, um, and I think just academics Mm -hmm. at large, you know, has been corrupted by big money and influence because, you know, getting an education is, is beautiful. It's like kind of the most noble thing you can do. It's, it's, you know, uh, so I I don't want to talk down on academics as a concept. I want to talk down on the corruption of academics because that's, that's actually what we're talking about. So yeah, having her on was like kind of a mold breaker for, for what is possible on the show. And it was, it was extremely exciting to, to have her on. I know we could get. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I must have seen. I saw a part of her. Uh oh. Was mine off or is yours good? Can you hear me? Am I back? Okay. We're cool. Okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. Um, you saying you you caught a little bit of hers? You caught a little bit of her piece. Yeah, I am. It's. <laughs> I'm so glad you did, because yeah, it can. Because yeah, so we the show is three hours, and there's a reason why. So, um, I guess on Twitch you know, you're live. So it's like, you know, when people go live on like Instagram, they'll hit live and then they'll put the camera down and kind of like walk out of the frame. They'll just like, let it sit for a second. They'll let it kind of like, they don't just take go and go, hi everyone. Cause not everyone's there yet. You have to wait for like people to kind of show up for like a good, you know, let's say 30 seconds to a minute or something. Right. So in the Twitch world, you really should stream. I think three hours is kind of like the golden time or like the amount of time that people typically stream because it gives enough time for enough people across like the universe of Twitch, not just like the people you told that like follow your Instagrams and like friends on the world that like people that are, you know, going to Twitch and typing in art and they go search and they're like, okay, who's live right now doing art. And then you're like the travel agency, what the hell is that? And then they double click. And then we might be an hour you know, two hours and 25 minutes and they're like going to catch the end of it, you know? So there is this sort of like uh, game, I feel like of, of the live stream concept of like getting people uh, uh, in here to, to, to watch our stream. Um, so like you're saying it's, it's a chill space. Like we kind of have to be chill. Cause it's like, we're going to be here for a while. So <laughs> let's just hang out. Let's have some, let's have a good time, you know, drink some sort of beverage alcoholic or otherwise, and, and just enjoy ourselves a little bit. So like brunch, you know, it's called art brunch for a reason. So. Yeah. And what perfect year yeah, to start it's, it. It's, you know, I think Rick is, um, you know, Twitch has been around for a minute, but I think the direction that he chose to a just decide to do it you know it's like i you know mid pandemic is a great time to start anything digital truly but i think what his full realized goal with it is going to live is going to stand the test of time frankly and um i think especially as the world is 
uh, opening up, it seems, uh, whether that should be or not. Uh, I'll leave that up to our listeners. Um, you know, I, I really think these these digital spaces are not ones that are going away anytime soon. I think, if anything, mm-hmm. people have now added this to their uh, kind of arsenal of, you know, whether that be entertainment or expression or, you know, or, or kind of congregation, frankly, like I want to be with my friends. So I'm going to go to twitch.com slash the travel agency and then get in the chat and put goofy emojis <laughs> on the, in the chat, in the chat bar, uh, as, as we talk about, you know, nonsense, I, I really don't see that space, um, changing anytime soon, even if things open up. That's really interesting. And do you have a certain dream that you want to realize with the travel agency or otherwise? The answer is creatively? yes. What that answer is after that yes and comma I, is I don't know. And by that, I mean like there is no ultimate goal because I think that there is truly limitless potential of, of what that could mean. Um, there are... You know, one of my favorite channels that I follow on Twitch is called, uh, I believe it's called Stop Sign Camera. And it's literally a camera looking at this intersection that has the stop sign that is placed in like a really like not so great part of the street. So when it comes around this curve, people like roll it all the time, every time. People roll that stop sign every time because the way an intersection is, it's like, I didn't even know there was a stop sign there. So it's basically like a yield. And I I love watching um, weather cams. Like I love going online, just looking up webcam or like weather cam. And there's just cameras set up all over the planet that are just like situated. And one's like looking at a beach. One's like, you know, uh, looking at eagles in a nest. One is like the city of Chicago or something. And I, I really have always had a fascination with that, like kind of, uh, remote access to this one little device that's like sitting on top of a building somewhere. But here I am all the way across the world enjoying it, despite the fact that there's no no sign around uh, the camera that anyone's enjoying it. You know, <laughs> there's there's no, you know, no physical space for that. So um, I think what, um, you know, what people are able to do in these digital spaces and have been, especially since COVID is kind of taken what was a crisis, you know, a, a worldwide pandemic, but uh, they've kind of turned it into an opportunity. And and I don't mean to say that in a sort of glib, sort of like salesman kind of way. I mean it more in like a, uh, it, it was necessary. It's, it's, it's a moment of realization. It's a moment of change and how incredibly fortunate we are to be able to sit in the comfort of our homes and get in front of a video chat and like talk to our friends just like this, you know, and to express ourselves actually almost more deeply because we're in the comfort of our homes, but are able to share it publicly. And then people who are listening to it more often than not are at home enjoying their privacy. So they get to enjoy your public private thing in their public private mental space. You know what I mean? And what I, yeah. I think I've realized too, especially with podcasts and, and being on this wonderful show, um, I, I don't think podcasts are so much like um, like uh, something that's become popular. I literally think it's a new medium. I think that this is actually like, I think this is that's a completely so new medium and I'll back that up for why. 
when people would do talk shows um, or let's just say interview shows even, and I'll say Twitch is a new medium, like it has created a new medium, uh, is that right? Like art an medium, art medium, but also uh, like a kind of intermedia uh, medium, which I'll give shout out to Matt Sage for that term. Uh, he, basically like when you had a talk show previously, like in the NPR scape, let's say, or in you had a talk show on mm-hmm. like television, on NBC or something. Both of those were happened live. You couldn't commodify them beyond commercials in them. And you didn't like take them with you. Like you didn't go out and buy like the best of, you know, uh, all things considered. And there's just this CD of like, you know, 20 episodes of all things considered. You might go out and buy the best of Conan, but it's going to be like clip shows. You know what I mean? It's going to be like moments. It's not going to be like literally every episode from the, in the year, you know, 1998, whatever. So this idea that now we're in the YouTube world or Twitch or especially podcasts is like, you're kind of individualizing the radio show. Let's just stay with podcasts. You're individualizing the, the, the talk show and you're making it a singular item. Like you're making it something that you can take with you. Like it's on Spotify or on whatever form you use on SoundCloud, maybe. And now you can take that one link of that one conversation and send it to someone and you're listening, you're holding on to it yourself. You can collect these conversations now. And that's something I've been really curious about yeah. of like, you know, the sort of objectification, the commodification, the sort of like the radio show, like this interview right now is now a unit it's not just this thing you passed by as you skimmed the radio waves in your car before you walked into the grocery store it's now like that's my favorite like that's my favorite episode yeah everyone everyone shut up you got to listen to this new episode i have you know it's yours it's yours to hold you can share it and we haven't been able to do that you know truly in this sense since you know digital mp3 space you know and in terms of Twitch, I think that um, a lot of people are talking about what this will mean going forward in so many different spaces of like someone can go online, have a TV show on the internet, a TV show on the internet of Twitch is how I like explain it to my grandparents. Like, what is Twitch? I'm like, it's TV on the internet. They're like, okay, great. I get it. That works. <laughs> I can wrap my brain around that. Um, like you can be on for hours. And you can do whatever you want, you know, for the most part. Yeah, you don't have exactly. to pay for it. And you don't have time. to like lump it in between like, oh, I have the block from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. Like even community radio, as beautiful and wonderful it is, as it is, it's actually not that freeing at all. And on top of that, yeah. you have to like follow a lot of like F- uh, FCC guidelines. And like you can't curse or play music with curse words in it unless it's after Safe Harbor, which is like usually well after 10 p.m. or something. And so... Now you're on this space where like, I mean, you can't show like pornographic images. I imagine there's like other spaces for that. If you need that, go find it. It's not on Twitch, but um, that like you can literally, and there's just no end. It's on your terms. There's no end and you can put it wherever you want, you know? And I just, that sort of freedom is, is just really something. And I feel like it's a very powerful tool and it could get into the wrong hands, but it could also be in the right hands and, but so is art, I guess, in that case. So um, I've been talking for a long time, but I'm curious for you as the podcaster, 
like, what has this meant for you as like the shareable unit of like conversation? Like, what is that? How has that felt for you? Yeah, well, I, I align with like a lot of what you're saying. And it's cool <laughs> that you're here and asking this question, because one of the main reasons why I eventually finally started the podcast one is that mm-hmm. i listened to so many podcasts and i'm a like i feel like i'm a creator person so it was just passing the line of like okay if you're gonna listen to this many podcasts you also have to like step into yeah. the conversation now yeah kind of a thing uh but that's what i think is cool is that the conversations like cross yes. time so it's like i was on your show and now people can like go back and be like oh we want to hear the like you know, reverse, like we, we yeah. know, reverse interview <laughs> yeah. and see how these relate. And like, then we can go back and listen to Rick and like, see how all these people and their ideas kind of create their own right entity for sure. Kind of like beyond the one conversation. So I'm, yeah, I'm interested in mm-hmm. the connectivity of all these people and ideas across theoretically yeah. the globe well, and i think like the yeah. the flashpoint in time for when those conversations happen you know like i i think i love when people on shows contextualize like when they're recording like what day was it like what time was it so i'll just say for the record it's sunday april 25th mm. and it's 6 24 okay. p.m in central standard time <laughs> at this point of recording uh so like for instance like the day you came on to art brunch if you would come on the next week we would have had a completely different conversation just the next week, the next Sunday, you know? Yeah. I know. That's one thing yes. I love about live. And just like committing to it. Kind Is of. that. Yeah. Eventually I have to say, I, I'm very interested in getting to a point in life where I can do like where we can have this conversation today mm-hmm. and it goes out tomorrow. And like, it's just fresh. It's like the energy, you know, if there's something going on in the world, yeah. even this week that can change things and that can change how people hear them. And, and the, so I, I really want, do want the audience to be as close as they can Absolutely. to the conversation in theory. In actuality, it's no. a little tricky with scheduling. <laughs> we'll get there. It, it, it takes a lot of time. And I and like podcasting is actually a lot of work. It's like, it's so much work. Actually. I think a lot of people are like, Oh, like he has a podcast. Like everyone has podcasts. Like, no, they don't. Everyone does not have a quote unquote podcast. They might have one in the sense of like, they have put an episode out, but to do it as like often, yeah, <laughs> to do it as often as you do, certainly. How much work goes into that and creation and things and links and uploadings and edits and stuff like it is a production. It is it is a lot, you know. Um, but like I will say too, you you very very kindly were patient with me because I I had to reschedule this multiple times, and I you know what I would have talked to you about two or three weeks ago. Uh, I don't know. I, I would have had a very different conversation with you. And uh, as as we kind of maybe talked about a little bit, maybe we didn't talk about this yet. I don't know. Uh, we did a five-hour stream uh, of, oh, we did talk about this on, on or we didn't. No, we didn't talk okay. about this on the podcast. You just oh. emailed me this right before. <laughs> you you jumped on here. So, okay, everyone. We, oh, my God. Round of applause. I, I feel like. This comes, can I do. announce yes. this? Okay. So, this conversation that we've just recorded has occurred after Jake has been live streaming for five yes. hours in a row, or if not in a five Sorry, hours yeah. in in a row right before this conversation. It, That's, yeah, you're you're built for conversation. <laughs> well, I wanted to say I was like, 
you know, the, the times I couldn't do the show, this actual episode that we're doing right now before I was like, Oh, like this is happening. Like, I need to put this off. Like, I really want to do it though. I'm so excited. And she's so sweet to ask. Um, but then I was like, I actually pushed it to like theoretically the worst day I could have put it. And I was like, you know what? A, I pushed it, I think maybe twice at this point, which I, I hate to push it at all. And I was like, you know what? This is going to be a challenge for me. And so I hope I'm being coherent today, but yes, we did a five hour stream uh, where we uh, reintroduced the travel agency to everyone and uh, five hours straight. I mean, there were like six to 10 minute breaks at, on the hour, but that was like just to go to the bathroom. So it's like that, you know, I don't, I don't yeah, want to like that's you know, go to the restroom here at my desk. We're not going to do that, <laughs> but um, <laughs> we, yeah, it was five hours and we're used to doing three. So we're just like, okay, let's see, let's see what we're made of. Well, and live has another element yes. of pressure. I mean, I get, I got nerve, I got really nervous before my first ever live mm. interview. It's when I recorded an episode on here. Actually, I was like, oh yeah, no, I imagine. Do you still get nervous became- like before you're going to record these podcasts? Or are you are you kind of are you kind of used to it now? No, I never got nervous for what I. I mean, I don't. I I don't know if I ever. A couple people, I got nervous interviewing them just because of. It's weird, I guess, if you, you listen to someone else's podcast yes. and then you're interviewing them. Like, especially those, oh, time will not be okay. in alignment with this. But there's one oh, that's okay. coming out next So we'll week. listen out for that. We'll hear you get weirded like, out. <laughs> well, to li- yeah, I was like, I don't even know why you answered my oh, email, my but this is Ooh, awesome. That's exciting. Okay. Plug away. Yeah, so you got Ooh. an exciting one Fantastic. coming up. Congratulations. I'm excited to, to find out what that is with everyone else. Uh Yeah. But I get nervous with live anything. Yeah. I don't know oh, why. She's like, oh, yeah, it's live. You're, I mean, well, it's, it's do or die. You know, it's commit. It's like make it happen. And I think that's, you know, that's, you know, we're talking about chaos earlier. It's like, okay, anything can happen. And everyone's watching you, you know, it's like, let's, let's see what we're made of. And I, I think that, um, I, I think everyone having some sort of like, like sort of like, touchstone with that everyone's sort of having like something they do some version of being in public or in front of people or having to be accountable sort of i think is it's what uh, a lot of people could almost stand to use in their life and it's and i think it's an amazing tool to sort of uh push push yourself so like today you know yeah i did five hours but um you know thankfully i was there with rick the whole time it wasn't solo because i would I would be a mess and I imagine he would be too. Uh, he's a machine, but you know, I, I, he's a human being. Um, but yeah, usually after three hours, I'm like, oh, I'm tired. But after five today, I was like, I mean, I'm definitely like, I'm not uh, my best. I'm not tip top, but I'm like, I feel good. I felt really good. So like, I mean, I took like maybe a 10 minute nap between our end of stream at three. And then we started here around five. But like, I was like, I want to keep this going. I want to, I want to just. <laughs> yeah. You I mean, you definitely, you've got a oh good energy yeah. so this, you. Is, <laughs> this is me after five, five hours. I don't know what, what other things are, but we, we also took a long time off. I will say that too. We, we had like a month or two, probably even like five plus weeks off that we took just to like hibernate a little bit and figure out what the next move is. And frankly, we were waiting to find out if we were going to get the money from the futures fund. So that changed everything. And we kind of needed to like go back to the drawing board now that we had been very thankfully awarded that. Um, So it felt like we needed to kind of sit back and figure it out. And now we're, we're back to public facing. So it's, it's really exciting. 
Awesome. Also, I have a few okay, more questions say. for you. And you can just just go with these. Um, you don't have to go go as deep or as okay. not deep as you'd like. Uh, why is art important to you? Um, art is important to me because I think that it does express the chaos. Like, so we're saying we live in chaos, but we need a space to where we express it, where we like kind of try to fight against it. You know, some people want to fight against chaos by never leaving the house. Some people want to fight against chaos by controlling it, <laughs> by like, you know, damming up a river or something or like building the world's tallest tower in the world uh that does not speak to me um but you know i think expression uh is is kind of everything i think art is important to me because it's 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 inevitable you know i, I think art was was going to happen whether we wanted it to or not um someone was recently telling me that someone told them that art has never changed the world like in, in a quote unquote, like logistic or legitimate way. Um, and that art doesn't have power. Hmm. And I'm just like, huh. I just, I've literally never heard a more false statement in my life. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, and I don't I really... mean that necessarily. I do mean that in the soft, beautiful, oh, art is the most beautiful thing. But also like, let's just, let's just hold on a second. What is a flag? Is a flag a piece of art? Is Is a flag something that represents something? Is it a item that re represents something else that's art that's what art is so this idea that like someone is swinging a certain flag outside their house means something else they have that artwork on a pole outside their house that means something because they're supporting something in the world that is either you know an american flag or it could be i hate to say a swastika or is the earth flag or is something goofy i don't know but all those things mean real things and can be catalysts for change. So if you see someone with like, let's say a rainbow flag outside of their house, that means something important. And then let's say that rainbow flag is outside of a church. Let's say, you know, like that's meaningful. That changes things that has real legitimate power in the world. So I think the reason why art is important is because it's inevitable. It's something that was gonna happen anyway. And we need a space to express ourselves beyond uh our our sort of little monkey brains that we all have there's there's so much more in us that needs to kind of i guess as they say rage against the light or the chaos of the world it was it was bound to happen anyway yeah and i think about it too as being like a language or diff like furthering absolutely. language beyond our current means that's of incredible communication. that's absolutely true yeah. What's the strangest life experience that's inspired okay, you? Okay, so I'll be honest with you. I've been mulling over this question for like 36 hours since you sent it to me. And I still don't have a good answer, but I do have an answer. I do have one. So the strangest experience, uh, it's, it's not singular, but it is one that I can singularly think of that has changed my art practice is that was the question okay you can go with that somewhere. uh so you and i both are or went to clayton high school in clayton missouri uh 
there is something about the city of Clayton, Missouri at night. Uh, all of the lights are kind of this like amber color, like a sepia tone, if you will. And driving around uh, in mid to late high school, and certainly I, I stayed in St. Louis for college, so kind of my early 20s, um, there's just really nothing like being in Clayton at night. And it's a very mystical place, probably because I was full of hormones <laughs> in, in high school, as everyone was. So really, I could have been anywhere and it probably would have felt special. But that not that notwithstanding, um, Clayton is a really weird town uh, where it is situated. It is like a downtown in the middle of not a downtown. It is uh, then in. It is a very weird place. I always felt yeah, very out of it's, place. It's very like it. it I don't like, even if you're from urban areas, I swear if you go to Clayton, you're like, this is, this is weird. This is a weird (laughs) town. Um, But then, you know, obviously like very, like fades very fluently into like residential areas and homes. And what I always felt was sort of like this sort of like fly in the wall sort of, or sort of like uh, a cat in the alleyway at night sort of thing where like, I can do whatever I want here and no one is paying attention to me. And I, uh, I'm just like doing my own thing. And I do want to very much honor the fact that I am a white guy. I'm a white cis hetero male. So walking around at night or driving around at night at Clayton is a very unique space, you know, specific space. So I, I do not want to be such a, you know, head in the clouds kind of guy, but that notwithstanding either that there is just something strange to be in a small city that I believe I've heard that Clayton itself could fit on Lambert airport in St. Louis and still have room left over. <laughs> So it's a it's a small metropolis. It is a small city, like a proper downtown with real skyscrapers. But it's like only like eight by eight blocks. Yeah, two it's blocks. like eight blocks. It's really, <laughs> really weird. Um, and I will say uh, that one of the albums I did put out um, in 2013, uh, it's called Brightest Night to Memory, The Night. Uh, not only is the album art uh, walking around Clayton at night, uh, and then the music itself was like of that time when I was doing those kinds of things. And I eventually made, which I guess technically is the first bit of like visual art sort of ever really. Um, it was called the drive. And I made this PDF that was driving directions through Clayton that were timed to the album. So you like start in Whoa. one spot, you and, uh, you start on white on Boulevard and you kind of drive up through the neighborhood uh, in these certain spaces because there was like this little like weird moments. Like some people had these really weird like can lights that like shined up onto a tree that were like kind of back in the back of their house. And I didn't get out of the car. I didn't like, spy on their house, but I just drove past one time. I'm like, they have like all these crazy lights in the backyard. That's really cool. So the album's only like, like less than 30 minutes, even maybe like 20 something. And you follow, so the idea is to go with a second person. So someone's driving and the other second person. So for safety reasons, telling you where to go. And it kind of wanders you up, wide down through downtown Clayton. You kind of, you do pass our high school. Um, you go through Shaw Park and you kind of go through these alleyways. And then you end up back on wide down, coming back down to Hanley. And that's where it ends. And then there's this last track oh. that's like 12 minutes. That's sort of like, and this song is a song to take you home, no matter where home is. Um, so it's, it's like, not only was it something that is really held with me as far as like, this is a weird ephemeral place. This place is really like 
you know, made me feel so many emotions. And I, I felt like I've got to really uh, be one with myself in a vehicle, you know, listening to music and like looking at these sepia toned scapes, I guess. Uh, I decided to make music about it too, at some point. So um, yeah, so I, it's, it's I, I think a singular time that was definitely super important to me. No, that's really cool. And that's, I, I'm really interested in this combination of like giving people directions and linking that with mm -hmm. art and, and how that relates to what you're doing with the travel agency and like this idea of maybe, you know, different video mm -hmm. cameras, you know, bring, I guess, bringing all these different angles yeah. into one space across time. I feel like I'm not doing this no, idea justice I mean, but i'm fascinated by by the future of how technology and art yes. are going to, to and mingle. you're going to do it if there's a, <laughs> and i hope that you do i hope when chaos <laughs> knocks on your door and says uh jasmine you need to go buy like five cameras and also you need to get a twitch account and also oh, you man. need to like do all this you need to make youtube videos i i hope that you'll let that that chaos <laughs> agent into your life because i really think you would do it so, so well. I really think you should do it. But anyway, that's my little pitch to you. <laughs> oh, yes, well, thank you, you. I, yeah, I think, I mean, things are simmering. They'll come Absolutely. together when totally. the space, you know, when the time In due time, is ready. for sure. Yeah. Oh, and, and my last question okay. here for you, or prompt, you are in charge of giving the listeners a weekly challenge. What, what shall you insist that they do this week? <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to ask everyone to do a challenge. I, gosh, what do I want them to do? I, man, I literally have like 7,000. <laughs> I, have, I have lots of ideas. I'm trying to decide which direction to go here. Um, we can go back to this. We, yes, we've got our photo this here helps. of the... <laughs> of the road um okay let's do that let's let's use that that image uh we've got the the road here it's been a lot of car imagery a lot of driving a lot of stuff like that um so i've been living in chicago for officially so i moved back to chicago i lived there obviously that summer i moved back i've been living here since uh september of 2019 and um something that i've just really gotten so much out of is not taking the highway uh it's or taking the highway one way but then coming back home not on the highway and um for me uh very recently i had a day where i had to go pick up a new bed frame from ikea which was sold out for a very long time <laughs> and i had just had a mattress sitting in a box being like uh, are you ever gonna like use me i'm like i know i need to find a bed frame it was took forever so uh the directions out to Ikea out here in Chicago, um, I'll just say St. Louis, you guys are able to get to Ikea in maybe 10, 15 minutes. It takes like an hour. And it's only like a 30, what should be a 30 minute drive, but with traffic and stuff, it's crazy. So anyway, um, they're like, you know, this is going to take an hour, but you have to take regular roads and you should do it. This is, you know, my Apple maps talking to me. Um, so, and he's, he has an English voice. I, I used male English accent. Uh, his name is Nigel. Um, so Nigel was telling me, Hey, I bruv, we're going to take the golf road. Um, so the major road that it took me on was called golf, which is so funny to me. Um, also, I play golf. I love golf so much. We could talk about that another time. Um, but I had my camera with me. 
And so there is, uh, there were these like a really like kind of this barren landscape around the Ikea that is kind of just like office park and very like weird, but there's this little section. that's like a little Island. It's like surrounded by buildings and stuff, but there's nothing really there. Um, and there's this plastic chain, this yellow plastic chain that's going across these two big poles, kind of like block off these areas that aren't, aren't anything like they're blocking, like kind of nothing, which is really strange. And I've always seen them. And I'm like, I kind of want to take a picture of them. I want to like sit with them. Uh, and so I finally did. I had my camera. Um, I, I, I have a camera now that I leave in the car full time, which is probably not good for the film. And is a 35 millimeter film car or camera. Um, but at least, you know, I always have one on me. And I really, really took my time and like sat with it and like looked at the chains and then I took some pictures of it and I drove the car around and like left it on and I turned the music up and I just like got out of my car because there's no one around, you know? So I'm like leaving the car running and I'm kind of like, look back at my car, like no one's there yet. Okay. No one's jacking my car. Great. Um, And then working my way home, I was just like, I have like, you know, 10 pictures left. I'm really going to take my time, but I'm going to find some other place to like, do like a, a photo session, if you will. And on my way home, there was this like plaza of sorts. It was called International Plaza. And it was this gigantic shopping mall that was all um, various Asian culture spaces. Um, like every single space was of some sort of Asian descent. Um, but there was like a video store. There was a gym there was a camera store there was a table tennis store there was like a christian television channel store there was like all these different there was a piano uh store that was the only business the only business that was in business so it was called heavenly pianos and like there's tons of potholes and like everyone seemed to have like left like in a hurry like all these places had just like tons of stuff in them and i'm like what happened here and I still don't know the answer. So this is bad. <laughs> this is bad radio that I don't have an end to that story, but we're going to find out international Plaza near Schaumburg, Illinois. Let's find out together. Um, but I, I really sat there with that and I took pictures and I listened to these playlists and was very like on my own and coming home from that with all of my Ikea equipment that I'd, I took, I had this entire day that just like, I'm still kind of reeling from because of how, it forced me to like, not just take the highway and just come home. So that's kind of like multi-layered in terms of what I'm telling people. But what I would highly suggest is not take the highway to somewhere. And let's say there and back, let's say there and back. And let's say it needs to take at least 30 to 45 minutes. Uh, And for those of you who don't have a car, maybe do a 30 or 45 minute walk somewhere or do a 35 minute, you know, a train ride or bus ride or something. And just like, Go by yourself and explore and have music with you and just like make a, make a, let's say a a couple hours of that, but like be out in the world, you know, if nature, if you want to do that, great, but like maybe explore a part of the city where there's like people around, try to make it public, I would say. Um, And I think it, it really like, I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of like, man, I need to get back out there and do it again, but somewhere completely different. You know, I, I think it really, you know, shook my brain up in a really good way. So that's my challenge. Everyone get out there and figure it out. <laughs> I like it. That's definitely an adventure. Yeah. And if anyone out there, if you guys would like to send in your experience, Ooh, let me know, okay. you know, what happens, what you discover. I'm going to be doing a whole future episode uh, with 
you know, uh, feedback from the challenges. Okay, fantastic. Ooh. I say, you know, because I keep, I've, I feel like I've mentioned this on a bunch of them okay. now. Should just do a pre-recording. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's always <laughs> funny business to like, you know, take out the lawn, you know, do the laundry or do the dishes on the show. It's like, I have mentioned this on previous shows. So those who know, they get yes. it now. Here the- we are yes. again. <laughs> send me, send me some updates yes. so we can do the show. Let's do it. Let's do it. Everyone, send them in, please. And thank you so much for being here. Oh my Jake. gosh, Jasmine, this was so much fun. I was really excited. I was very flattered that you asked, but I was also like, I don't know. I, I love that you've kind of like, we've had you onto our show and then you've had me and Rick on separately, which I think is so much fun yeah. because, you know, having that separate space to kind of talk between each other. Like when I listened to your and Rick's episode, it was extremely fun to be like in the audience of someone I work with all the time, you know? And uh, now that we've had you on, we've you kind of completed the cycle now. We're all here. and <laughs> So everyone go listen to Rick's episode too, please complete the, complete the cycle here. Yeah. And if anyone would like to follow you on the internet, follow your art, check out your music, where, where can people find so you? So on uh, Instagram and Twitter, uh, I do a little bit of writing. So I'm curious about that space. Uh, it's at Leech Leech Leech, which is my last name. Uh, and yes, it is with two E's like the uh, blood sucking parasite. Um, and then on SoundCloud, um, there is, uh, or uh, Bandcamp, it's just Jake Leach, again, with two E's. Um, I am on the travel agency on Twitch. That is also the travel agency dot live on Instagram, uh, with Rick. Um, we have multiple shows on that, which is really exciting. Um, particularly this week coming up, we've got a lot of stuff. Um, and then beyond that, I actually do have my own podcast that's completely separate from all of this uh, called Dynamics Of. And I, at the time of recording, I just came out with a third episode uh, with a friend of mine named Delia Rainey, who is a nonfiction writer um, finishing up her MFA here in Chicago. Um, so that's like a whole other space that I've been talking to folks about all kinds of stuff. Oh, so awesome. yeah. <laughs> what, wait, what, so what's, I didn't even know that. So what's the, is there a theme or? Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of just like an arts and culture podcast, but it's, it's space where I have a, I just feel like I have a lot of friends and, and interests that are, uh, I guess beyond what I would expect to talk to on like art brunch for sure. Like, like I kind of like keep the artist friends that I want to have profile that uh, go on to that show. Although of course, when we talked about Liz for a while today, which was, you know, someone I wanted to talk to on my podcast was like, you know what, we got to talk to her on art brunch. So um, people that don't necessarily fully fit into that space, um, people like usually other people in music or these like writers that are frankly get a little bit more like political or get a little bit more um, outside of the typical arts conversation. I've I kind of had this other space to kind of express myself so it's it's been nice to kind of very slowly get that going awesome okay so i will put all the links in the show notes and (laughs) people can listen to you and all of these places and listen to your music and check out your photos yes oh my gosh thank you so much it's really exciting to have this all here yeah thank you again for being Mm -hmm. here and your time after this epic Oh my gosh, yeah. This has been awesome. I hope I've been coherent today. (laughs) Yes, definitely. This has been like so much fun. Wonderful. Thank you, Jasmine. And I'd love to have you back on too. We'd love that. Absolutely. And we're going to close the episode with a few of Jake's songs from his album Brightest Night. The first song you're going to hear is called Glittered.
and the second song is called living room enjoy <laughs> 